And welcome to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We got not one but two opportunities to send you out to Las Vegas this morning. We'll do the first one at 8, the second one at 9 o'clock. Fantone, I got to tell you, dude, I am in bad shape this morning. What's uh, what's going on with you, buddy? I am in bad, bad physical shape. <laughs> tell, tell me what happened. Tell me what's going on. So I spent the last couple of days screaming at the audience about different things that we saw in the rundown, about yeah. like working out, and then there's this new app now that if you don't go to the gym, it sucks money out of your bank account, then making you go to the gym. And I said, I was like, look, gym memberships are expensive. So if you've already got one of those and that's not enough money to make you go to the gym, nothing's going to make you go to the gym, right? And so I was up on my high horse. I was screaming. I was like, yeah, you're either a fat, lazy piece of junk or you're not. Right. 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 And so I was like, you know what? You better make sure you're killing your workouts. You know what I mean? If you want to go in there and you want to be able to run off at the mouth like that, you better make sure you're not screwing around. And so, like, I, I was scheduled to go to the gym uh, yesterday anyway, and then I went and dude, and I pushed it pretty hard, like, because I was on me. And really, who I was yelling at the other day was me to make sure I'm not, you know, falling down on the job and getting lazy. And I pushed it pretty hard yesterday, dude. And honestly, like, I was sore before I left the gym, and I woke up this morning, and I could barely get out of bed. I mean, dude, everything hurts. If at any point during the Stansberry show, you, the audience member, feel like, damn, dude, he's kind of, like, screaming at me. I'm screaming at me. No, 100% he's screaming Screaming at himself. And I don't know where it was in this show when I kind of figured that out and kind of, like, established that. Like, oh, he's not mad at me. He's not mad at me at all. Like, that's not what's happening. He's mad at himself right there. And the way to manifest that, the way that comes out is by screaming at people who didn't do anything. Who didn't do anything. Right, right, right. Welcome to being a parent. This is what you do at home. You bring your crappy day home, yell at your kids. We played something pretty old during the best of today, and I was just kind of half-assed listening to it while I was doing stuff on the computer, and you were yelling about something, and it was. It was like one of those moments where I'm like, dude, he's yelling at himself right there. He's upset with himself right there. So Uh, It was the fat TV anchor. Exactly what it was, dude. It was the fat TV anchor. 100% that's what it was. That is old. That's going way back with us. And you were screaming at yourself. I yeah. could hear it in your voice. I'm like, sure. oh, and in that moment, I don't think I necessarily knew that. I don't think I had added that up in the equation of Stansberry no, probably not, show yet. Because that was that was pretty old. And uh and and and, and this morning I just kind of laughed about it. So I guess uh what I'll say is is good. I'm glad you uh I'm glad you 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 by hell or high water, however oh. you decided to do it, you got yourself back into the gym and like do I care, you know, what your weight is? No, I don't care. But like in the end of the day, you feel like you're doing better. Yeah, you care about it. So good. I'm glad you did. I uh I did not have everything packed in the gym bag yesterday. That's why it's actually in the studio now. I want to make sure I did pack everything in it last night because okay. I, I was not able to do my normal recovery routine yesterday when okay. I get done working out, which is normally you go, you know, kind of rinse off a little bit and then you hit the hot tub for a little while, dude, soak the, you know, soak the muscles. Right. Now, just, I, just dude soup there. I, uh, okay. Well, there was nobody there. I mean, that's the beauty part of, uh, you know, everybody's so afraid of downtown. Everybody's so afraid. People always look at me and go, oh my God, you use the downtown. Why? Yeah. Well, why do you do that? Because you won't go. Right. Because you're afraid of it. <laughs> because because if I join a $10 gym, then I got to work out with you. That's why. That's why I go to the place everybody's afraid of because nobody's there. Dude, the Eric Snow Y is honestly, dude, that is a gem of the, uh, of Canton, Ohio that nobody knows about because everybody's afraid of it. And that's why, I, uh, dude, I love working. Dude, I would endorse the Y for free. Shh, don't tell Andrea that. <laughs> do don't not tell, say that. Don't tell do, Andrea do, that. Do not say that That, that is actually loud. her client. Don't tell Andrea that. I need you, uh, but I do need a favor from you. Okay. Um. So I, I went home after the gym yesterday, and I took a nap. And the whole thing was designed, like, dude, let's sleep a little. Right. That way we can stay up a little later, watch Hard Knocks, because for some reason they put it on at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, that does suck. And so I'd slept a little bit in the afternoon. Then I woke up or whatever. I was kind of doing some things. And then I fell back asleep around 9.30, woke up around 10.15-ish. Oh. So I missed the opening of Hard Knocks. I, like, I came into Hard Knocks, and Antonio Callaway 
was in the the room with John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson, and they're kind of talking about him. Hey, dude, you got our phone numbers. When stuff goes down, you call us because okay. he didn't call the Browns about being pulled over at 3 a.m. with the little weed in the car, gun parts, and all that stuff. But I hear there was some stuff with the Corey Coleman stuff that happened uh, because we had traded him away. When um when the Corey Coleman trade first got announced, I was a little bit of a head scratcher there where I was like, well, dude, I kind of feel like this guy still has potential. I do, um, too. Was a, first round, I do. was a first round uh, was a first round pick that the Browns, you know, traded down for. And, and, and was it's like you might as well see what you got in this guy. Um, now, granted, it, it's a television show, not a documentary. But after watching last night's Hard Knocks, um, I couldn't be happier that they traded away from Corey okay, Coleman. Well, what made you? He feel comes like that? into Hugh Jackson's office and he's kind of like, "Yo, why am I? Why am I second string right now? Why am I not?" And, and Hugh Jackson's like, "Dude, go talk to Todd Haley. Like, you, you know, like basically, you know why you're your second string right now. I know why you're second string right now. Well, the offensive coordinators where you should right. well, probably wide receivers coach and then offensive coordinator. But if you got a beef, you know who's setting that lineup. Right. You know who to go talk to. And yeah. then it quickly turned into, well, if you're not going to play me, trade me. And quickly the Browns decided, you know what, we're not going to play you, so we might as well trade you. You know, the first episode, Jarvis Landry talked about weakness being contagious. In my mind, Corey Coleman was 100% showing, like, I'm a mentally weak player right That's who he was talking about, probably, right? Felt like it to me. Same position, has to see him in the meetings rooms a lot. And, and, And very much felt to me, felt like entitled, felt like I didn't have to earn it. So, like, when I saw that, I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm happy with this. I'm glad that Corey Coleman's gone. And if the Browns felt like all he was worth was like a seventh round draft pick or something like that, if that's the that's all that's all the NFL wanted to return on him, it's like, well, good, get that dude out of here. You don't you don't need that. You don't need that in here. And then it quickly turned into Callaway. It quickly, like I would say, within the first ten minutes, transitioned into that storyline where you probably picked it up. Okay, all right. So so I didn't miss that much. I just missed the Corey Coleman stuff. But you did see the rest of it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, okay. Like like I said, they picked up you know, uh, or I picked it up as uh, you know Callaway was being yelled at by Hugh Jackson in the office. I, you know, I didn't see anything last night that has me any more optimistic or any more, um, you know what I mean, pessimistic about their season. I didn't see anything in last night's episode that made me go, oh, okay, we're going to be all right. One of the things that I was, as I was watching it this morning, because I, I just woke up early to watch it and it was, you know, um, as I was watching it this morning, I was like, dude, guys, men, we have to come off of our high horses of like, what are you watching the Kardashians? You dumb broad. You're an idiot. You don't blah, 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 blah. Same it's, show. It's 100% the same, same show. show. As I was watching it, I'm like, oh my God, this is why Megan gets hooked. It's why she gets hooked. It's these right. characters you know, kind of, sort of, and then they get you involved with some dramatic music, and then there's like a cut, and you're like, oh my God. Is this guy going to get fired? Right, 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 right. One of the things I really liked at yesterday's show, or uh, last night's show, um, I feel like Todd Haley, I feel like so much more looks like the head coach. Of versus him versus Hugh Jackson, it's not even close. Dude. I've said it. I've said it. Todd Haley is running around operating as if he's a guy who's been told, "Look, we don't totally believe in Hugh. Who could? He's one in thirty-one for Christ's sake. So come here, bolster up this offense, and if we got to move off of it, you're the coach in waiting because that's the way he's acting as if he's been told. And if you're going to promote one of the two coordinators to head coach, you're going to pick the offensive guy in an offensive era. When um when Hugh Jackson was you know talking about players half-assing it during practice and he was kind of getting yeah. trying to get on them and he had to have Terod Taylor give him the idea of like yo get a camera on guys and they'll start to get their their act together right there dude so now you've got I thought that was weird so now you've got an offensive coordinator kind of questioning your authority kind of like putting his you know his D in the middle of things and like hey dude I got one too and now you've got 
the the first year quarterback. You got the first year quarterback telling you how to be a head coach, dude. They're not good. Was not good, man. Was not good. I have not been a Hugh Jackson guy in quite a while. Your turnabout on him recently, though, has me out, dude. Has me out. Well, now I got evidence. It, like it was one thing when it was like when it was Twitter's opinion. But now, dude, now we're starting to see stuff where it's like, well, that's not opinion. Like, I can see that. Like, I can see that's a problem. Now, I hate to be this guy that keeps that keeps harping on this issue. But I'm the only one with a microphone for a living that keeps harping on the issue. So I guess I'm going to have to be it. So I know when Des Bryant's going to be in Cleveland. That's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I know when the wide receiver who doesn't play for the Cleveland Browns, who's not on the Cleveland Browns roster, I know when he's going to be in John Dorsey's office. Where in the hell is Josh Gordon? Enough. Quit hiding him. Tell me where he is. Tell me when I'm getting him back. Quit telling me, oh yeah, we planned it. We planned it. It's now two episodes of Hard Knocks. They are yet to address it outside of Hugh Jackson saying, oh, you know, he texted me saying I'll see you soon. Sure he did. Sure he did, Hugh. I can tell Fantone Rachel Starr's texting me right now, but he's smart enough to know that she ain't. She's not. Just like I'm smart enough to know Josh Gordon wasn't texting you during or just happened to be when the Hard Knocks camera was right there. It just happened to be then. But outside of then, no communication whatsoever. Where is my number one offensive weapon? Quit talking to me about Jarvis Landry. Josh Gordon's a freak in nature. It's why we've been all sitting on the edge of our seat for three years trying to figure out what happens with this kid. Where is he? When do I get him back? It's, it's, what happened? It's Wednesday in preseason week two. So it's like, dude, and this guy has played, what, three football games in the past three years? Five football games in the past wasn't year? It, something like that? Wasn't, was that? It, wasn't it that he missed 45 of 48 40 games? 40, something like that. So, it, I mean, so you got to get the guy. You got to get well, him out there getting some reps. What, and if he, Not only that, didn't you just it? read the other day? Didn't you just read the other day? Somebody from Hard Knock said, look, we got about four cameras out there. We, we have absolutely, this is nothing to do with why, why George Gordon's not in camp. Correct. One of the producers, one of the show heads said something to that effect of like, dude, there's so many cameras here on a day-to-day basis. There's so much action on these NFL preseason sidelines. It's got nothing to five do with dudes, this. Five dudes with a camera and a boomstick isn't, that's not. Tried to tell everybody, the GM didn't want to be on Hard Knocks. Went to the NFL and said, I don't want to be on Hard Knocks. The NFL said, too bad, you're being on Hard Knocks. That's a guy with a huge resume in the NFL. But a guy who missed 45 of 48 games has enough clout to tell the NFL, I'm not doing hard knocks? You people need to wake up. I thought Twitter was supposed to be woke, bro. Why are you dead ass asleep on everything? Where the hell is he? It was a plan, remember? Oh, it's planned. Plans have finishes. Tell me where the end is. Tell me when the end date is. Well, we have a number one target now. We have Jarvis Landry. But what if you didn't? This would still be the organization telling you nothing's going wrong with Josh Gordon. As a matter of fact, no, they're not even telling you that. They're not even saying his name. Just come out, hit the podium, and tell me. You have zero shot to see Josh Gordon in a Browns jersey this year. Just tell me. Just tell me. That way I get to just tell me Christmas is canceled. That way I'm not sitting here waiting on Christmas. I hate to be the guy who keeps harping on it, but nobody else is asking the questions. Stansberry just sitting there in his footy pajamas Christmas morning. Sorry, no Santa Claus for you, Stansberry. I mean, do you got Rizzo and the rest of those clowns up there just talking about, you know, offensive lines and, you know, schemes and X's and O's, and nobody's asking the big question? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why would anybody pay you $8 a month for a podcast when you don't ask the one question everybody wants to know? I don't understand this. Somebody find this kid and tell me where he is. But nobody knows. 
Somebody start paying us eight dollars for a podcast. Too. Come on, dude, give a cut us off. Amen. I just I was called a lunatic when I told you there were going to be problems with Josh Gordon. I was a lunatic, and then two days later. Surprise, we shipped him out of camp on a plan, even though it was two days after Sansbury told you about a rumor he heard. Yeah, that's how much of a plan it was. A, a, a morning show in Canton is what spurred it. That's how much of a plan it is. Some loudmouth idiot hosting mornings on a rock station, of all things, right, is what up. made you send a wide receiver out of camp. Jesus. Lo- okay, whatever. Right. More Sansbury show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! 6 9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Fantone, uh, this is very funny. All right. Brown Twitter has now changed on me. Okay. Weeks ago, when I told you Josh Gordon had problems and he was going to be sent away and things were, the things, there were problems, remember when I had a source, everybody laughed? I was called a lunatic, a heretic, and things are nuts. You're crazy. Now it's like, what are you still relying on him for? He's obviously not our number one anymore. Well, the guy cut a thousand receiving yards in half a season once. So he'd be your number one. Guys, there's a reason why I keep calling him the number one option. You know why it is? Because the wide receiver position is the number one receiving position. That's why that's why the most talented guy is out wide. Now, your quarterback relies on a slot guy a lot because they're normally shorter, easier completion. So Jarvis is going to be really, really valuable. But what would make Jarvis Landry even more valuable is if we had the freak of nature I was told a month ago we were going to have no matter what out wide. But we don't have that. And so now Jarvis Landry is going to be double and triple teamed. And when it's not preseason, I'm telling you, I think he's going to have a harder time with the separation than he did the other night. Now, you can definitely make the argument of, well, you didn't put the miles on your body. Therefore, that's a positive. But I think there's plenty of examples of dudes who have had to walk away from the game for whatever reason, whether it's injury or, you know, legal problems or whatever, who have had to walk away from a game for an extended amount of time. And weren't able to come back and be the same dominant player we are or that they were. So I think we, as a as the Browns fans, we're all looking at Josh Gordon like, dude, this is going to happen. As soon as he gets out there, he's going to repeat that thousand yard you know performance. He's going to go out there and it's going to be ten thousand yards. And we're all like, dude, that's what's going to happen. And it's like, there's no guarantee that even oh, if I bet he, he goes d- for eight hundred yards easy. Even if he does come back, I just don't know if that that's that's a, a for sure like, well, everything will be fine. Uh, I, well, I don't know about everything being fine, but he's definitely he's in that group or when playing he's in that group of Antonio Bryant Mike Evans um, uh, you know uh, Julio he's in that group of guys you don't feel like he has to prove it again like you just give him that benefit of the doubt no I, I am going to give him that benefit of the doubt because remember when we did when people told me I, I I shouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt and then we put him back on the field and he smoked literally everybody he smoked everybody the kid's a freak of nature he's that's why it's such a big deal but most of you called me an idiot when I told you this was going to be a problem. Remember, like, even just a week and a half ago when I told you Jarvis Landry recruiting Odell Beckham Jr. and recruiting Des Bryant meant Josh Gordon wasn't going to play. And everybody called me an idiot then, too. All I want is for my organization that's already screwing everything up, that's already making all the same mistakes they've ever made, is to shoot me straight and tell me what is happening with the athlete. I live in the information era. I live, I live in the everything's above board era. 
We, I live in I live in the era where we got three reality shows on a team that hasn't won a single game last year, but they got three reality shows. But nobody's got information on the best athlete on the team. Got it. All right. Got it. That that's that, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is that you know this is a mess. It's a mess, and they're handling it the way the old messes would have handled it. Is all I'm saying. Where's the info? Tell me what's going on. Quit leaving me in. The, I, so I'm supposed to watch three shows, but you're not going to tell me what's going on with your best athlete? Insane. The NFL's got more problems as Jerry Jones now been one of the most vocal owners about the anthem issue. First it was, nah, I don't want my guys doing that. Then, ah, now Jerry's going to go out to the 50-yard line. I'm going to kneel with all of them. And I'm going to wink at the camera. See, I'm, I'm one of the good owners. I'm one of the good white people, right? And then, nah, 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 nah yeah, the president's back on it. So, you know, nah, 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 dude, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, my guys are going to stand. And now Jerry Jones has caught or has been caught keeping his hat on during the national anthem, I guess, at a practice the other day. Now, some of you are going to go, it's practice. Okay, fine, whatever. But if you're going to be this vocal of an opponent about what your players are doing, they, you got to make sure every time this song is run that, that you're buttoned up. Yeah, there's no practice national anthem. I mean, like, the respect you're showing to it would, would, would apply all Doesn't times, matter. right? Right, right. Now, I don't have a, I, I, I am typically a person who wouldn't have a huge problem with this. Now, if you're sitting in front of me at the stadium and they're playing it, I would. But if an owner gets caught in practice, okay, whatever, maybe you know, you're distracted or whatever. But you can't be the guy vocal on it and then get caught doing something like this. You can't do that. And I mean, are you really distracted? You see everyone else around you, right? I mean, how? I mean, why are they doing it at practice? Is it to practice what they're going to do? I don't know if it was. Was it? I mean, is that like a standard procedure? Like, I hey, don't before know. we kick off the like the live practice, or was it a maybe scrimmage? Or was it? I, I I don't know if that. I mean, I, I was, yeah, I, that I don't know. I assumed it was some sort of game situation. It was there before where, a team practice last month. Well, if they're gonna if they're gonna make a big enough deal about it to run it before practice, obviously that means something to you, and to not. To not take your hat off, I mean, that's that's standard procedure, too. That's not like, well, it's debatable. Do you put your hand on your heart or not? Because some people do, some nah, people hands don't. Hands behind my back, whatever. But no, the hat comes off. Yeah, hat off is, I mean, it's a part of it every time that you that it gets played. You can't be the guy out there talking about how it has to be this way and then get caught being that guy. That's all. You, if, it, now, if an owner wants to be silent on it and they get caught with the hat, and be like, well, the guy didn't say anything about it or you know, whatever. But you can't be the guy who's like, no, 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 I'm going to make my guy stand and then have this and then have this happen to you. You just can't have that. More Stansbury Show is right around the corner. And yeah, I will continue my detective ways until I find Josh Gordon. That's all next on Rock 1069. The Stansbury Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Um, Americans, we like fighting. People. You know what? Let's just make it people. People okay. like fighting. Left versus right. Okay. Star Wars versus Star Trek. AFC, NFC, everybody just likes fighting. Well, this is better. No, this is better. No, 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 my way is the way to do it. No, 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 you can't do it that way. I get that a lot with the working out. Hey, Stansbury, I saw you in that photo. You look great. How'd you do it? And then I tell people the exact plan. You can't lose weight that way. Bro, you saw a photo of me and asked me. So, like, yeah, you can. <laughs> so, yeah, you can. Right? But there's people just love to be embattled in, you know, arguments. And I don't understand it. I'm a live and let live guy, right? Now, if you're infringing on me or the people I love, now I got an issue. But like vegans, yeah, I don't want to hear you. I, I, I don't want to have to hear you talk to me about it, but I don't care if you, you want to eat vegan, eat vegan. Right. Like I'm not going to necessarily then shove it in your face that I'm like 
just the opposite of a vegan. And I think I think you can you can live that lifestyle and do that and and do whatever you want with your veganism, eat whatever you want. Um, it's not so much I have a problem with your veganism. I think the problem that people have with it is like, well, shut up about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't it, try to convert me to being a vegan. Right. I can think that's you're being annoying about it without having a problem with what you're doing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I don't. I don't need you to tell me why. Why I'm awful because I eat meat. You don't do it for you. That's on you. That's fine. Okay. First of all, let's be honest. The meat industry has been wildly demonized and unfairly. Eating red meat is perfectly fine. As long as you find naturally sourced, grass-fed beef, you'll be perfectly fine. And actually, there are very few things in life you can eat that are any healthier than grass-fed beef. Let's just The beef industry has been wildly just thrown underneath the bus for absolutely no reason. All right? Now, I'm a pro-meat person. Again, as a person who works out trying to be losing some weight, people ask me how I do it. I eat red meat about four or five times a week. As a matter of fact, I had a huge plate of it yesterday. You can totally eat red meat and lose the weight. Right? It's totally fine for you. But... What I would not do is then go to a vegan food festival and then eat like raw meat with like blood dripping off of it in front of vegans. This is your little brother. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Sticking his finger right up against your face. It's like, why do you got to like, why? I don't understand this. It's like, I used to be this way about religion. Like I'm a non-believer and every single Easter I had to talk about, you know, had to be snarky about, well, the walking on the water was my favorite trick. And I had to be that guy. I don't know what it was. I had to like shove it in Christian's face about how I thought they were stupid for believing. Now, I no longer hold that belief. Now, I don't believe, but I don't necessarily have to. I, I, I don't have to diminish what it is you think for, to, in order for what I think to be valid. Why does this have to be this way? Why do people got to go out of their way to try to antagonize other people? Yeah, I mean, this was this was at, at, a, at a vegan festival, too. So you obviously this was premeditated. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you do something like that, it's one thing if. You know, well, I, I saw an example yesterday of like, well, these vegans were out here like protesting outside of a, 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 you know, a barbecue restaurant. And then we had to go throw a barbecue at them. And I'm like, well, that's one thing. You went to this festival specifically, specifically to go mess with these people. Right. And like, where do you I, now vegans? You can't go to butchers and then right, like, ho, like right. host like problems outside of a store either. You can't do that either. Because at that point, you're that's, being that you're guy. being that guy. Right. And like that's that's really what this kind of boils down to is is if this was something that naturally happened, like an argument that happened amongst people, but you went there specifically, no matter what your reason is. And sure, dude, I, I, I said on the, on the show earlier this week, dude, I'll eat dog. I don't care. Eat animals. Fine. But you can't go to this and not expect to be treated like a dick because you're being you're, a dick. You're trying to be a dick. And this is what, this is what the internet does. Hey, come with me. Point the camera at me. Film this. Record this. Vine this. Tweet it. Instagram story it. Let's go viral picking on the vegans. Like, dude, all of this stuff just makes you mean. It just makes you out to be like, dude, America is obsessed right now. And I believe it started with the political culture over this last election. America is obsessed right now with 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 I'm smart and you're dumb. And if you don't do everything the way I do it, you're dumb. And here's why. And like Bill Burr always said, because somebody went to I'm right.com and found three reasons that back up their argument. Now, all of a sudden, they're an expert on everything. Why can't you just let people live? I find vegans to be really annoying. It's like CrossFitters or new Christians. I get it. Jesus is cool. Shut up. 
Yeah, but, but that but that But they're not driving me to church on Sunday morning beyond my will. It's not so much veganism or crossfitting or Christianity that you have the problem with. It's when you are this. It's when you're throwing that in my face. Right. It's like fine, dude, you can do any of those things, and if you're not gonna throw it in my face, I genuinely I don't, care. don't care, dude. Spend all day praying to Jesus in your life or doing burpees or doing whatever you want to do or or eating kale, whatever you want to do with your life, fine. It's when you start shoving it in your face. That's the problem. It's not a problem with any of those things. It's a problem with you trying to tell me what to do. Yeah. Don't tell me how to live my life. Meat is delicious. And if you sear it five minutes on each side, it's it becomes really good. Quit demonizing the meat. But then don't go to vegan like festivals and then they like, shove it in their face. You know these people take it that seriously. You know they do. And so you only went there just trying to get people pissed off. And then when they got mad, you're like, why are they mad? This, right. is, this is the same thing as kneeling for the national anthem. You were trying to make people pissed off. And then when they got pissed off, you're like, well, wait, why is everybody mad at us? Because you were trying to make people mad. And this guy was trying to make vegans mad. You don't have to just throw everything in everybody's face. You can just live your life and not infringe on anybody else. And trust me, you'll still be just as happy as you're trying to be on your Instagram story right now. The tweet to run all tweets. Dear God, dude, our president is unhinged. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. About an hour from now, we'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Your first keyword happens at 8 o'clock this morning. So during the last election, there was a little bit of me. Now, I didn't vote this way, but there was a little bit of me that was like, I kind of want to see a year of Trump's presidency, right? kind of want to see it. As a guy who hosts shows, it's going to be definitely enough to talk about. There's going to be things. There's going to be some comedy. The guy's funny. And then all of a sudden, something happened. He won. And then it became not so funny. Because nobody's got a sense of humor about it. The people who are afraid of him don't have any sense of humor about anything he does. And the people who support him have zero sense of humor on anybody having an issue, having a, a, a poking even a little fun at what he does. Nobody's got a sense of humor on it. It actually became quite the opposite of what I thought would happen. I'm not wrong often. I was wrong on that. I was wrong on the fact that he'd win. Although, again, I will never do this ever again. During the election cycle, what did I say? He's got a really good shot to win. And then when it came down to it, I just got guilty of believing the math and going, ah, the country will settle and they're going to pick them, the, the, you know, the lesser evil and the more of the adult. And they're, they're you know, they're going to go that way. And they didn't. Every uh, every opinion-based show in the world has a very, very tough balancing act to do right now. You can lean into it one way or the other. You can be the, hey, the, we're the show that's anti-Trump, and you're going to lose at least half your audience. Or you can be the show that's like, yo, we're 100% pro-in. And, and now it's you're like a bigot you're, and lose half Well, your and you're losing half your audience right. no matter what you do. So, uh, you can't win. We, uh, we've, we've made a conscious effort to ride that line as well as we can, and just sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how we're doing. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. He's, I mean, he's the biggest celebrity on the face of the planet. He's the president. Yeah. He slept with a porn star, and like, and I wasn't even allowed to joke about that, because Trumpsters got all pissed about that. So I was like, okay, well, all right, I guess the president, you know, raw dog and porn stars, as Pantone always says it. I mean, I guess if we're not allowed to go there, then I mean, what, I guess. What do we do? Then, then what the hell am I doing? I mean, right. that, that's rock radio 101. If this was a singer, if this was a football player, Jimmy Garoppolo, we talked about it for four days. Now it's the president, we weren't allowed to talk about it. So let me get this straight. I'm not allowed to ask where the best wide receiver on the Browns roster is, and I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to make fun of Trump for banging, you know, porn stars. Interesting. Right? 
Now, I said during the election cycle, he understands America better than America understands him. And I was right about that. He does. He gets us. And he gets the way we really are. And even though he uses Twitter, he understands that most people don't live their lives the way they say they live it on Twitter. Because you don't. Most people aren't as pure as Twitter's trying to tell you that they are. Because they aren't. You know how I know? Because you're a human being. And you're a scumbag. Because it's all human beings are capable of. And so Trump kind of understands this. Now, one of the people he hired to work in his administration doing God knows what was a woman who I absolutely hate, who I've hated since his television show, The Apprentice, because she's just an obnoxious person. You can see her once on TV and understand, yeah, I don't like her. She's going to be awful. And honestly, you know what? Don't say that because I'm going to have women all over on my ass. But that's one woman where it's like, all right, maybe I don't want to be the guy that punches her, but maybe if a guy punched her, I, I, maybe I wouldn't hate it. Right? She's just that annoying. Well, then she got fired. And actually, then she then recorded a conversation she had with the president shortly after being fired. We have that audio. Uh, Marosa, what's going on? I just saw on the news that you're thinking about leaving. What happened? General Kelly. General Kelly what came happened? to me and said that you guys wanted me to leave. No, I, I, nobody even told me about it. Nobody. Wow. You know, they run a big operation, but I didn't know it. I didn't know that. See, you can see he's a little upset about the fact that Omarosa is leaving. Of course he is. He brought her out on out on the campaign trail, hired her for the administration. She introduced him here in Stark County when I went to when I went to his rally before he became president. She introduced him. She's been at his side for years. Do you think that was genuine? I'm upset with this, or do you think he was putting on? Was that like kind of like placating her? No, I think I think they fired her without telling okay. him. I do. Okay. I, I absolutely believe that. And now again, I expect people who work on his staff to have higher fire capability and don't have to clear every higher fire th- past the president. He's got too much going on. For that one, though, wouldn't you specifically? Now, generic, like, yo, this is just a person, but somebody that you brought in specifically, I would think that, like, you'd at least run it by him. I would have told him maybe, but I, I, but I don't think you'd have to clear it. Then now Trump takes to Twitter. Wacky Omarosa, who got fired three times on The Apprentice, now got fired for the last time. She never made it, never will. She begged me for a job. Tears in her eyes. I said, okay. People in the White House hated her. She was vicious, not smart. I would rarely see her, but heard. When you give a crazed, crying lowlife a break and give her a job at the White House, I guess it just didn't work out. Good work by General Kelly for quickly firing that dog. Now, the dog is where everybody has an issue. And it's where I have my issue, too. Nothing he said up until then? Well, crying low life's not great. Let's stay away from Like, I, I don't love the president being a name caller. Remember I said this? I remember saying it during the election. My problem with him isn't the problem everybody else has with him. It's really not. And I don't even really have that much of an issue with the president. I don't really care. My life didn't change at all, to be honest with you. Like I said during the election, it wouldn't. My life didn't change at all. I mean, not one bit has my life changed since he's been president. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, life's over. You know what I mean? Just, you know, draw the curtains. It's over. Because my life isn't over. My life is exactly the same as it was before. But my issue with him is, is that he loves having an enemy. And what have I always said about that? That I want a guy who can rise, or a woman, that can rise to the moment when an enemy presents himself. But I don't want a guy who goes around and searches for them. 
And what happened to I hired all the best people? Again, I don't want to jump up and down on this guy. I really don't. But what happened to that? This is why you can't just say stuff just to say stuff. This is why you can't do it. You've had to fire, what, is it 60-some people now this year? I'm guessing I'm pulling numbers out of the air. I'm not even trying to find you a real number because it's been something crazy like that. You can't, he can't keep anybody there. Nobody can stay. He's either got to fire people or they got to go or they, they want to quit on their own. So you didn't hire all the best people, dude. And they can't be, so they weren't wacky lowlifes when you hired them, but they're wacky lowlifes now when something goes down. Now there comes this. Now, Omarosa had said about a week ago, Trump had never used the N-word in my presence. That's what she had said. Okay? Now I guess the story's changing. There are tapes out there of him using the N-word. Now, he tweeted out the other day, Mark Burnett, executive producer of The Apprentice, says, look, it's not there. We know it's not there. Now, I haven't heard Mark Burnett say that. I've heard Trump say that about Mark Burnett. Tom Arnold was talking about these during the election. And it was kind of brushed to the side. And like I, Tom Arnold, not necessarily somebody I put a lot of like, well, that's the guy right there. No credibility. Right. And that's the same problem with Omarosa here. But the thing about credibility is, is you don't need much when you have tapes of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be a very questionable person, but if you have audio recordings. I mean, I just have a hard time believing that the grab him by the vagina tape made its way out. But the N word, the bomb tape didn't. I don't buy it. Now, Sarah Sanders was asked about the end tape. Here we go. Stand at the podium and guarantee the American people they'll never hear Donald Trump utter the N-word on a recording in any context. Uh, I can't guarantee uh, anything, but I can tell you that the president addressed this question directly. I can tell you that I've never heard it. Uh, I can also tell you that if myself or the people that are in this building serving this country every single day, doing our very best to help people uh, all across this country and make it better, if at any point we felt uh, that the president was who some of his critics claim him to be, we certainly wouldn't be here. This is a president. I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. I don't believe people have those kinds of ethics. I could find out horrible things about my boss. I'm coming in tomorrow to cash my check because that's how I stay alive. And that's how all those people stay alive too. Now that doesn't necessarily guarantee there's a tape of him saying it. And, and as a matter of fact, if I'm going to guess one way or the other, there isn't one. There isn't one. Do, do We have never had a president who people have been hunting for this hard ever, ever. If there was a smoking gun, we'd have the smoking gun. We'd have it. I'm going to disagree. I, I, I do think it exists. And the reason why, and I said it when the, when the Access Hollywood tape came out, if you are that, if you, are, if you know you have a hot mic on and you're that like, eh, whatever, I'll just say whatever, I, I think it's... Yeah, but I believe Donald Trump to be chauvinistic. I don't necessarily believe him to be racist. I don't. Nobody's ever been able to sell me on the racist for sure thing. I don't have it. Would that tape make you feel differently? Well, I mean, it's definitely going to lead me down the path, but that's what What if? We don't have the tape. This is what I'm saying. We don't have it. So I don't have to think about what, what will happen when the tape comes out. We don't have it. But here's what I do know. We have a media who's been hunting him for a year. We have Twitter who's been hunting him for well over a year, and nobody has it. That tells you everything you need to know. It doesn't exist. If it were there, so the grab him by the vagina tapes made it out. But the the N-word bomb tape didn't make it. I don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't believe it. I also think if people want to talk to me about like, well, you know, look at the buildings he's owned and the, the landlord policies of. 
okay, fine, whatever. But to but to, to say he was involved in the day and day operation of like looking over, you know, apartment applications would be crazy. That would be crazy. Of course he wasn't doing that. Nobody's been able to fully sell me on the racist thing. Does he say some things? Has he done some things that are like, eh, well, I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. Yes. But so is my boss. So are friends of mine that I would tell you all day are not that person. So until I have something else, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt on that because I haven't got it. I've got plenty of the chauvinist stuff. I've got plenty of the non-articulate stuff. And yet I got 0% on the racist thing. So if you give me an end tape, then that's going to be different. But you mean to tell me we released the vagina tape because we thought that was going to stop him from being president, but then we're like, ah, well, we'll hold on. No, 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 no. If that tape's out there, somebody's giving it to you. We've never had a man more hunted. D.B. Cooper was the one other person who has been more hunted than Trump. If the smoking gun was there, somebody would be holding it in their hands, saying, look at what I just found. I don't think it's... I, I, dude, you mean to tell me Omarosa is going to be the linchpin? Now, here's what you need to be worried about, America. My friend Marty pointed this out to me yesterday. Forget the racism. Forget all that. That a reality show contestant, an idiot, a moron, was able to tape a conversation with the most powerful man in the country in one of the most secured rooms in the world. Meaning what? Somebody, somewhere outside of Trump doesn't have that goddamn White House buttoned up. That somebody somewhere is falling down on a lot of stuff. But where does the buck stop? With him himself. Get your goddamn White House buttoned up. Then maybe they stop hunting you. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I came into uh, Hard Knocks a little late last night. It was about 10 minutes into the episode, uh, 10, 15 minutes into the episode. They had already dealt with the Corey Coleman situation and having uh, him say, well, dude, if you're going to demote me, just trade me. And Browns were like, okay, yeah, we called your bluff. You're out. See ya. That must be nice, dude, when you got that much talent at the wide receiver position. When you got that much talent at that position, man, just let guys go. Just see you later. Now we're starting to see a little video started to come out a little later yesterday. Jarvis Landry getting into a little bit of an altercation at practice. Probably a little bit of that pressure moving a slot receiver into the number one receiver position. Probably starting a little bubble over there. And uh, so I started to look last night at clevelandbrowns.com. I started looking for tickets. I was like, all right, well, I'll go to the home opener, right? I'll go see him play Pittsburgh. They won $120 for tickets in the 500 section. Five, section 524, they wanted $120. Wow. Remember at the end of last season wow. when they couldn't give tickets away? They were selling them for like 2 bucks a piece online. Wow. $120 for cheapest tickets? So wow. now, so Tyrod Taylor is worth $118? <laughs> He's worth $118? I mean, I guess. This team's out of their mind, but obviously not because people are buying them. Yeah, I was going to say it's the fan base, not the team, right? Oh, the fan base is crazy. You spend that much money to sit in the 500 section of Brown Stadium week one year, I think you are I think you need to have your head examined. The thing I'm going to say about it is, though, is if, and that's a big if, but if the Browns win that week one, that's going to be the most joy this fan base has felt 
in 10 plus years. So would that be worth like the the risk of like, hey, here's 120 bucks? Because if they win, dude, come on. You know it's going to be like, dude, it's gonna the place is going to go wild. If you could guarantee me a win, would I but pay 120? Yes. But you can't. I would, if you could guarantee, no, but not to sit up that far. Not to sit that far. Dude, that's a regular ticket price for like section 130, I'm guessing, right? Where were, when we used to do game day operations for the Browns, I'm trying to think of where they had us. I think we were in section 119, right off the side of the one end zone. And I think face value of those tickets then was like 65 bucks. So now you're paying double that to sit up in the middle of nowhere? This uh, it just goes to show the delusional, you know, the, the delusional nature of the Cleveland Browns fan base. Um, if they win, it's going to be huge. If they lose, and I feel like it's more likely that's going to happen, that's going to be one of the toughest gut punches this area has ever took. I don't know why that's going to be a gut punch for people. It's going to be twenty seven fourteen Pittsburgh because people believe right now, and that's the thing is, is is Browns Nation hasn't believed in a long time. But right now, there's this renewed sense of optimism coming off of what was the worst of the worst, or what you felt like was the worst of the worst. But dude, I'm telling you, for some people that. That first week one loss against Pittsburgh, especially if it's a blowout, is going to feel worse than the 0-16 season. Now, I think you could win that game. I think you can win that game. I think the I think the week one Pittsburgh game is ripe for an upset game. I think it is. Agreed. I, I think it has all the makings of an upset game. It's early. You're better. You're considerably better than you were last year. So it's likely that you get, you know, kind of brushed to the side. You kind of get overlooked. You kind of get underestimated. So I think that's likely. You're, it's home. Todd Haley knows what Ben Roethlisberger is going to do. There is going to be some of that. There's a lot. There's a lot in the makings. But because there's a lot in the makings of it being an upset game, then the opposite of the coin has to be true, too. And there's a chance for this game then for you to get routed. I do think my gut right now, and again, we're far away away from playing the game, but my gut right now is 27-14 Pittsburgh. For as much as, you know, this episode or this season of Hard Knocks so far has been about, you know, what... Usually, I feel like Hard Knocks is about like the characters and like, hey, there's this guy from the third string that you're really gonna like. This season has very much been about changing the culture of the Browns, and I think that the fan base is having a very hard time wrapping their head around how hard that is to do, especially when you've got Hugh Jackson, a guy who was a part of those terrible, terrible last two seasons. I think it's very hard for us as fans to be like. Well, yeah, they're going to be able to come out and win. Of course, they're going to be able to come out and win, dude. Yeah, but it's like, dude, it's not that easy. It's not as it's not as simple as like, well, we'll get out there and practice. It's not. And you saw it last night when Hugh Jackson can't get guys motivated to practice. And if you can't do that, I'm sorry, you can't get guys motivated to win. And that's why you saw Todd Haley last night having to tell Jarvis Landry, take that dude under your wing. I'm telling you, that just seems so ripe for the picking right there. You called that early, and I agree with you 100% on that. Oh, yeah. Todd Haley was brought here so they could fire Hugh Jackson in the middle of the season. Make no mistake. You think they wanted to bring in offense? You think they wanted to spend that money? No. They hired Hugh originally. You got to remember, Hugh's not a John Dorsey guy. You got to remember that. He's not a Dorsey guy. What happens in those situations? The, Hugh, the coach loses his job. Todd Haley was brought here and told, just wait it out. Just You're an offensive coach. This is an offensive league. Wait it out. You've coached in the AFC North forever. We want you. You're going to be our next guy. Hugh Jackson knows he's on borrowed time. He's got to know that. You can't be around this league that long and be that dumb. 
like I said about, you know, the show as a whole, it's not a documentary, it's a TV show, and so I have to take some things into consideration, like that, you know, they're, they're selectively editing, they're making things seem like this, but at the same time, when Hugh Jackson was talking last night about like, oh, we gotta practice harder, we gotta practice harder... I was looking at him like, dude, shut up. And I think the, I think the players have the same way. When Todd Haley says something, I perk up. And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah, you know what? That's my guy. And I have to imagine that that is running rampant through that locker room. I'm surprised it's just because the rumors have been around the league for years before he came to Cleveland that players love him, that NFL players love Hugh Jackson. We love our boss because he lets, he get, lets us get away with stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure there is a little bit of that where it's like, dude, yeah, dude, I love Hugh Jackson. He doesn't make me practice, bro. Of course I love that guy. Yeah, anybody that likes giving, I mean, a player would love days off. Right. Of course, you love the guy. Yeah, like I love my boss this week because he's not here. Right. <laughs> he's the best, man. So at 10 one when I'm in my car, <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, I got the best boss alive. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I think it is going to be Todd Haley. People are telling me the ticket prices are high because that's people them trying to like prevent Steelers fans or making Steelers fans pay more to come here. First of all, dude, the Steelers fans are going to pay the 130. You know why? Because they're expecting to win. Because that's a tradition steeped in winning. And so they're going to pay it. That's not about keeping Steelers fans out of the thing. You know what it's about? It's about it's about not having any respect for you whatsoever. It's about crapping in your face for an entire season last year, pretending it wasn't that big of a deal, and now when you think for a moment you're going to get Baker Mayfield week one, give us the 130 and we'll show you Baker. Give us the 130 and we'll show you Baker. That's exactly what it is. They know you're pumped about Baker Mayfield, and so they're going to reach all the way into the bottom of them pockets. And since you didn't spend the eight fifty to hear Rizzo talk to you about this, you got the money to spend on the ticket. $130 for a team that went 0-16, you should be ashamed of yourselves. What the hell's the matter with you? For a 500-section ticket? Dude, I wouldn't even roll out. Dude, if my friends called me tomorrow and said, dude, we got tickets for the Steelers game. We're sitting in Section 524. I'm not even rolling out of bed to go. Like, no, dude. No, no, no. You think I'm driving an hour to sit in the middle of nowhere? The at-home viewing experience is better than... Dude, I got a 70-inch TV in my living room. What the hell am I going to go sit up in the middle of nowhere to watch a team get beat by, by 14 for? $130? The balls on you, dude. The balls. And your number one offensive weapon, still not on the roster. Team's got balls, bro. They're just ballsy. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. I have to uh, retract something that was said on the show. I did a little uh, work during the break and found it. Apparently, the phone call conversation between Omarosa and Donald Trump happened the day after she had been fired. The conversation she recorded with General Kelly that was inside the Situation Room, that was a different conversation. I apologize to all of you. CNN's report was Omarosa records the president in the Situation Room. So maybe it's not fake news if they didn't mean to mislead me. Maybe they just got it wrong. Again, I'm no Trump supporter, but... The media being fake. I've been been the guy telling you the news has been fake forever. As a matter of fact, go home and watch Ken Burns' documentary on Vietnam. Go watch that. It's like 10 parts. It's really long, really in-depth, really well done. But every soldier writes the same thing home to his parents. Don't believe what you're reading in the newspaper. Don't believe what you're seeing on the news. They're lying to you. They're not telling you what's really happening here. Yeah, welcome to fake news. News has been fake forever, bro. As soon as they broke, to, went to commercial to sell you dish soap, you had to know the news was fake, bro. <laughs> you just, you had to know. It's been fake forever. So, 
again, maybe they didn't mean to mislead me. Who knows? But that was the report. That was the headline. She records the president from inside the situation room. I apologize on that. We ended up looking a little bit more into that. It, In fact, was the conversation she had with General Kelly. Which, by the way, what is Omarosa doing in the situation room? What is she doing in there? Now, maybe I'm being a little too guilty of believing too many TV shows and movies, but don't you need co-word clearance to be in there? And did she have that? And if she did, why did she have that? I mean, if Barack Obama just put Hove in the situation room, he'd be like, what the hell's happening right now? Yeah, Jay-Z and Beyonce in there wouldn't like, have dude, what's well. happening right now? Wouldn't why is Hove in well. the situation room? And moreover than that, what are you doing with your cell phone in there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think across, ac- across the board, that's an issue. There's I, a I, lot of stuff going on there. Some people said, well, maybe it was like a pen recording device that she was using because it was a little less obvious, but still. It like, got into the situation room. I don't care what the recording device was. I don't care what I, I don't care what what the delivery system was. It got by you. The old adage of a chain is only as strong as your weakest link really rang true with this yesterday to me, where it's like, dude, you willingly brought this person in here, right. and if you didn't see Amarosa, reality star Amarosa, as being a weak link, that's, that's problematic. Problems. That's yeah. problematic. I would agree. I would agree. Now, people are telling me that they don't believe that if the end tape exists, that it's going to take them down. I said, look, dude, if, if the vagina tape didn't do it, then the end tape's not going to do it. His, his supporters are just going to excuse it away. Now, the country will make some type of move, right? That if we find out that the commander-in-chief, the head of the country, is using language like this, that in this era, that we're not going to sit idly by for that, are we? I don't know what other option you have. Like, you're not going to be able to impeach him over that. That's not going to happen. Okay, now this is where... That, that's that's okay. totally not going to happen. First, let's just clear this up. Remember a year ago when it was like, well, America can't be racist because the president's black? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, remember that? Like, remember how crazy that was? Right? America can obviously still be racist. Okay? Now, I don't know if Trump is or not. I maintain that if this tape were out there, I think we would have had it by now for as heavily as he's been hunted. That I believe it would be out by now. Now, maybe that's me making it too easy. I don't know. But I have not yet seen the smoking gun on the he's a for sure racist thing. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't sold me on that yet. Okay, but if the tape were out there, I believe we would have it. I believe it would be hunted. But where racism really becomes a problem, if your neighbor thinks ill of a group of people, I'm not sure it's not nice. It's not the way he should think, but I'm not sure it matters when you have power over other people and you hold those beliefs. That's where it's an issue. If you got a badge on your chest and a gun on your hip and you hate black people, that's going to be a problem for somebody down the road. Right. If you are running the country and you feel this way, I have a problem with that. I don't care if my neighbor's racist. He has no power over anybody. I do care if the president is racist. I think there will be enough plausible deniability there to... It's not affecting the way that I govern... Um, it's not an issue that's 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 pres- I, I, because truth be told, I think it exists. I really genuinely do. Yeah, we disagree here, but I, I I just I don't think it's enough to do anything about it. Now, does it, does it affect his chances to be reelected next time around? Yes, at least somewhat. But I don't know if it really even matters. There, it's definitely not enough to impeach him, and I feel like it probably isn't enough for people who are dyed in the wool Trump supporters to. Well, we're never change. getting them. We're never getting them. The blindly I'm supporting them no matter what crowd We're never going to convert them no matter what he does I don't even care about them Just you sit in the corner by your damn selves right? But the people who voted for him Who maybe have a little regret over it 
who maybe think, oh, God, I didn't know it was going to be all of this. I didn't realize it was going to be all of this. And I know a lot of those people. And a lot of them, by the way, and this is why the Democratic Party has to be scared. A lot of them consider themselves to be liberals who voted for him. Who consider themselves to have liberal ideals who voted for him. Now, they're experiencing a little regret now. Okay? Some of them. Not all, but some of them. I would have to imagine that we as a country have to be able to say, no, dude, you can't feel this way about a huge body of our of, of, of our population and then still run it. I can already hear, see, read the mental gymnastics in my head that people will. And really what I see happening there is there's going to be like, well, well, a lot of them are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's going to be a lot. Well, a lot of them are. He's not wrong. He's just saying what we're all thinking. A lot of them are. Oh, what? This is the the mental gymnastics. There's a difference between a black person and... and Uh Uh-huh. Oh. That Uh looks on like a seventh grade playground. I'm not sure it works as an adult conversation. A hundred percent. That's what I think will happen. Is that, well, stop acting like one. I'll stop calling you one. That's exactly what I think. By the way, that's not me saying that. That's not me, Matt Fantone, saying that. That's me presenting the argument there. Eli's telling me that, dude, he's hearing people are already explaining away this tape, even though it's not out yet, by saying, well, racism's not illegal. Okay. It's not. I want a different standard for my president than the guy who sells me a TV or changes my oil or sells me T-shirts at the mall. Again, if you don't have any power over anybody, you having awful thoughts about a group of people is just you having awful thoughts. When you have power, when you can set policy, this guy, dude, he can write law. Dude, he can sign off on laws that have been written. Like, he helps mold the law. Like, you can't be, right? Like, you can't be racist and do that. You can be racist and sell me t-shirts. I don't care about that. You don't have any power. Now you have the power to hire who else sells t-shirts, and that would be a problem, too. Now, I understand that under the current, like, guise of, like, impeachment, it probably doesn't leave us room for this. No. I understand that. So I'm not arguing that. I get that. But you know why? It's because we didn't see this coming. We didn't think that we didn't see this coming. And honestly, it's probably because a lot of the time, most of the country thought, yeah, well, well, they're really never going to get to really say their piece anyway. And so, like, that's why it's not in there. But it's time now we start evaluating things. This is like when people were like, well, dude, maybe it shouldn't be the Electoral College. Maybe it shouldn't. And again, everybody thinks that that conversation started new because of Donald Trump. It didn't. Again, go watch the Vietnam documentary by Ken Burns. The news is offering up that as a solution in the late 60s to get rid of the Electoral College. So it's not a Donald Trump problem. Don't tell me, oh, now that you lost, now we want No, 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 no. They've been floating the idea since 1967. That I, um, and my guess is well before that. But that we got to start to examine this stuff. Like, I don't know. Dude, so you mean to tell me there's a possibility that a tape comes out within a month of the president using the N-word and I get him for another three years? Yes, 100%. I I, I genuinely think that happens. I, oh. would, I would say before the year's end, because I've been waiting for this tape seriously since the XS Hollywood tape. Um, but I would say before the year's end, that happens. And then, yes, we still have President Trump for another two years. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even think that's a stretch. Larry's telling me the Democratic Party, for the most part, is not liberal. If you vote for the GOP, you are not liberal. Larry, I disagree with you, dude. This is what this is where you got to understand how people vote. You have to understand it. Most people take the time to look into one issue, one, one, and the person who comes 
closest to what they believe go, yep. No, do you think people, do you really believe people are going in there educated? Look, I mean, even LeBron, I don't think people was educated. Do you think people are going in there educated on the issues and picking the exact person who fits up and down with them? No. Most people grow up and end up voting the way their parents voted because, well, that's how you found God. That's how you found your political party. That's how you get at everything because I don't want to go learn anything. Just have it fall off the kitchen table and I'll adopt it. That's how most people come to their political party. But yes, I know plenty of people who considered themselves liberals who couldn't stand the idea of Hillary Clinton running the country and so voted the other way. Now they're experiencing some regret over that. But I don't think just because you vote against one person means that you are then not a thing. Also, this is the number one thing and this is a number one problem. Most people who consider themselves to be I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal When we start running you down the actual party lines and what they actually stand for, most people end up finding out, surprise, you're actually the opposite thing. And it's because people don't know what the parties actually stand for or signify. And honestly, Larry, what I can tell you is, in my lifetime, the conservative and Democratic Party have flipped. When I was growing up, a liberal, a Democrat, would have never, never, never argued for more censorship. But now that's all Twitter wants. Shut up, white dude. You don't get to say stuff, white dude. Welcome to Twitter. The liberals now want to censor. That's why people can vote across party lines now, because nobody can recognize the GD parties. Because everybody's all things to everybody right now, because nobody can stand their ground. I... I don't even know how to wake up in a country where I can have a tape of a president with that and keep him another almost three years. I don't know how to live in a place like that. I don't know what what's it going to be. Am I not going to be allowed to talk about that the way I wasn't allowed to talk about Stormy Daniels? I better be able to talk about that. Whew. Considering yourself a liberal is not being liberal. Holding liberal ideals is being a liberal, Larry. Thinking it's okay, thinking it's nice to pull people up and mean to push people down is a liberal ideal. But you can vote the other way because you can be fiscally conservative, and that's what Trump told everybody he was going to be. Now, is he being that? No. But you can believe in being nice to people and yet go, you know what, dude, we're getting a little carried away with some of this other stuff. Yes, you absolutely can. The problem, and this is what I've said about the two-party system, trying to make it black and white is the problem. There should be 16 parties in this country, but it's too hard to steal the money that way, so we do it with two. Your opportunity to head out to Las Vegas is next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're about to send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. We'll do that. Free things are good. People like free things. They yeah. like winning the free things. And that's why Bud Light understands that. And that's why they gave Browns fans victory fridges. Now, I had looked for an entire list of like every location that will have these victory fridges. I have not seen it. I have not seen like an official list of everywhere that has them. But it basically, here's what it is it's a Bud Light cooler, tall fridge with the front of it painted orange. It says Cleveland Browns on top, Bud Light on the bottom. It's got it's filled with Bud Light. It's then locked with a chain and it will be unlocked. And then fans will get free beer out of it when the Browns get their first win. Now, this is interesting. 
Because really what this shows you is, look at the challenge that brands have to market now. It's you gotta be like, dude. Again, I, I like I'm a big golf fan, right? Phil Mickelson's got this new commercial where a golf ball, where like he's talking to you, tells you to move, the camera moves, and he hits the ball right at your face into the screen. They're trying to draw you in. The the the, the challenge it is to advertise to you now is probably harder than ever before, and so. The Ohio-based wholesaler, Hustle Rose, is uh, is giving these out limited locations, and it's a victory fridge. And when the Browns win, they open it, and the fans at that bar get free beer. I think there's 200 beers from what I read yesterday in each in each cooler. In each cooler, that sounds about right. It's probably going to be what one per c- consumer, I would oh, think. One, maybe two, depending on the bar. And I would assume most bars that are getting these are well-established Browns backing bars now. If I'm the beer companies across the country, I'm paying attention to how viral this went. Because one of the things that has not been happening from what I've been told, and my guess is DUI rates probably led to this, is that people are, less and less people are going to the bar to watch football games. And so if you're the bar, now, well, at least Browns fans are coming because if they think they're going to win today, they're getting that beer, right? So at least now you're thinking, well, I might get free beer if I go to this game because they might win this game. So I have the schedule pulled up because everybody's trying to speculate on when they're going to win it. Okay, Week one versus Pittsburgh, I think it's a total gettable game. I think it's ripe for an upset, but I'm not sure you win it, so I won't say that one. Week two, you got the Saints. I don't think that's it. That's a pretty good team. Got a really good quarterback. Probably not beating them, especially since you're on the road at New Orleans. Then week three is the week everybody thinks you get it because you get the Jets, who are not very good, coming here. Now, I believe the Jets are doing exactly what the Browns are doing, which is telling you, no, 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 we're not going to play the rookie. And yet the rookie's getting a ton of reps in practice. He's getting reps in the games. I heard the other day they, they, did, they did a team-on-team practice with Washington, and Sam Darnold went right down the field, five for six, threw a touchdown. Sam Darnold's going to play. He's going to play. My guess is he'll be behind center week three. I got to tell you guys, I think a Sam Darnold quarterback offense beats you. I do. I'm sorry. I think he beats you. He was highly touted as the best, most refined quarterback to come out. Baker Mayfield was in that conversation, but most people had Sam Darnold as the best prospect coming out. We thought outside the box and went with Baker. I'm okay with it, but I was a Sam Darnold guy. I don't think you beat the Jets. Week four at the Raiders. This is the one I would, I would circle. Yeah, I know you're on the road. Yeah, I know it's Oakland. Yeah, I know they got John Gruden. Yeah, but they also just gave up Khalil Mack. Just gave him just gave him away, basically, to Green Bay. So that's going to be a problem. It's John Gruden. I, I get hiring him. I didn't get hiring him for a 10-year contract. That I didn't get at all. Um, but you're trying to, you know, trying to energize the fan base, whatever. I, I think that that was a mistake. I think that's going to be a bumpy road first year back for the Raiders. Week four at Oakland, I think, is when the Browns have the best opportunity to unlock the Bud Light fridge. What do you think? I uh, first and foremost, I think this is great um, marketing by Bud Light. So smart. I'm surprised this didn't happen last year. It's a little bit like, well, what took you guys so long on this? Like this, this, this really was like. Years in the making here. Well, my guess is that we had to get something past legal on how we pass out free free beer. beer. Yeah, there's there's definitely something there. Um, 
I mean, yeah, there's winnable games within the first quarter of the year. Um, I just wonder if they go six weeks without winning, if they go seven weeks without winning, you know, if if it goes to something like that, like how much luster is lost off this? Because it's like, okay, dude, now now we're seven weeks in. They haven't won a game. I'm not going to this bar and spending 40 bucks again so I can get two free Bud Lights out of this. Legitimately, it could be week seven before you get your first win. I think it's week four at the Raiders, but then you got – the, then, the, then the Ravens come here. Again, I know they're going through some changes. We'll see. But then you got San Diego coming here. You're going to get thumped. That team is filled up and down, up and down with studs. Dude, the Chargers are going to be so good. I'm sorry, that's not Los Angeles Chargers, not San Diego. I apologize if I had just said that. But Phillip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Don't even kid yourself. He's a Hall of Famer. You're going to get thumped week six. But then week seven, then you go to Tampa Bay. Now, that team, you got a bunch of problems down there, dude. It's a little unsure. They were on Hard Knocks just last year. It's been a curse for most people. You could maybe get that win, but I think it's week four against the Raiders at Oakland is when that Bud Light fridge gets opened up. By the way, people, everybody who shared that yesterday talking about when you drink Bud Light, nobody wins. Okay, I screenshot everything. If I see you with one free Bud Light in your hand after the, the, these fridge get bones, just so you know, I'm reporting you to Facebook jail. <laughs> I'm just, just no. I'm reporting you. Spam. Offensive. Spam. Offensive. Don't talk trash about a beer company that's going to give you free things. You can do one of two things. You can bitch about how America needs to pay you more money, or you can or you can bitch about the kind of free beer you're going to get. You don't get both. You don't get to be like, I don't make enough money, but they're going to give me this free beer, but it's not the one I want. Shut up. If they opened that fridge tomorrow and started handing out free Bud Lights, you, you beer snob jerk, will be the first one there twisting tops off chugging them. Because if it's free, it's you, right? If it's free, it's you. Oh, yeah, I screenshot it all. You're being reported to Facebook jail. We'll send you out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's right now. Let's go! Rock 106.9 has your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Festival. Now, Tech Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We'll send you out to uh, Las Vegas, 9 o'clock this morning. Get you hooked up with a trip out to the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Justin Timberlake, part of that. Fleetwood Mac. Skinnerd, Slew of others. Okay, again, I have to walk something back. I uh, I believed a tweet that I saw yesterday on Khalil Mack being traded to the Packers. Apparently, that tweet was um, premature, and the deal fell through before. I would have been guilty of believing an NFL insider who said, look, this deal's pretty much done, and I assume that that meant it got done. I'm hearing now not done, that they're the favorite, and now uh, talks are breaking back down as now the Raiders want more back for Khalil Mack than what I was told it was yesterday, which, again, they should have been. It was like a second rounder or whatever they were giving up. It was like, well, yeah, you do that for Khalil Mack. But welcome to Twitter. Welcome to being right, or welcome to being first before you're right. Again, that's why I should know better than to read anything, to believe anything I see on that site. I don't know. I did it. It's burned me like four times in the last month, and you'd think I'd learn it. The guy who demonizes the site is complete trash. You'd think I'd learn it, but... Apparently, I'm an idiot. Making small talk can be hard for people. And getting through situations with certain people you just don't know what to do. Here's a good piece of advice I always give people. I do this a lot because I meet so many other I meet so many people. I never know how I know anybody. I know I know you. 
Like, I can see you, and I might not know your name, but I know we've met. And I know I've been introduced to you, but I don't know how. Do I know you? Do you know a friend of mine? Do you listen? How, what's, what's our interaction? So one of the things I do with people all the time, very rarely will you hear me say, it's nice to meet you. Only if I'm being introduced to somebody and it's I, they know for sure they're introducing me to somebody will I say, nice to meet you. Whether I think I have met you before or not, more often than not, my response is, it's nice to see you. Because even if I have met you, it's nice to see you. Even if I have never met you before, it's still nice to see you. But it, it gets very awkward. It just happened to me about a week ago. I went against my normal system and somebody was like, hey man, and I was like, oh man, it's nice to meet you. And then somebody said to me, well, we met about a year ago when you were working that thing. It's like, damn it. And I don't, yeah. want, I don't want people to feel like, oh, yeah, I meet you, and then I forget automatically about you. That's not it. It's just, dude, I meet a lot of people, so I end up normally saying, it's nice to see you. Okay. And I feel like that's then, is, is, you know, is easier. So there are some more, uh, you know, um, terminology that you there, there are other terminology you can use for keeping up the small talk. And I like this one a lot. And this would be big on a date, even. I would suggest this on a date for either sex asking, no matter who you're dating. What keeps you busy? What do you do for a living is such a stock, easy thing to ask somebody. But what keeps you busy is something different. Now, all of a sudden, okay, well, my job, because I do this and that's a little busy. But then, you know, I also got a three-year-old and that kind of keeps me busy. But then I got this as a hobby. You're now opening up more avenues to discussion and more avenues to find out who that person is. Yeah, by doing that, you kind of give them the ability to tell you what's most important in their life. And obviously, most people are going to have kind of the same answers, but it's going to be in a very different order. So, you know, if they really are passionate about their hobby, they're going to lead with that. Yeah, if, if, if being True. a parent, yes. if being a parent is the number one thing in their life and how they define themselves, they're going to they're going to lead with that. If their career is important, they're going to lead with that. So, yeah, I think that's that that's a good open ended. And you're not going with anything specific. You're not leading the witness. You're just allowing them to talk. That, that exactly is right. I like that the, the, because you're now it's on them to fill that voice void by that was left by the question that might be kind of a tough question for some people to answer but it's a good one to ask it is a good one to ask again because i think fantone's right you're going to get you're going to get answers from multiple you know um areas of their life which is ultimately what you're looking for now if you already know this person and you're looking to keep small talk going like this is i i do this one all the time I feel like I talk a lot. Obviously, I do it for my my job. And if you get me talking in a conversation, I'm probably likely to overpower said conversation. I know that about myself. It's something I try to work against when I'm not in the studio. So a lot of times I'll switch pitch immediately and I want to start talking about you. And so they say here, catch me up. Now, my version of this is, yo, Fantone, good to see you. Tell me something good. And like now start talking to me about you. I don't want to say anything right now. Talk to me about you. But catch me up is... How's it going is very easy for good, okay, I'll live is my normal response. I'll make it. But if you say just catch me up, now there's pressure of, oh, well, yeah, here, well, yeah, well, yesterday this happened. People love talking about themselves. It's 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 it pretty um, universal there. Now, there's going to be some people who aren't necessarily going Agreed. to. But for the most part, I would say a, a vast majority of people just want a little push into, we'll talk about yourself, Bill, and they'll go crazy with it. So, yeah, I, I, I buy that. Whether it's catch me up or, 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 you know, what's going on with you or what's the story or whatever. I mean, however you want to word it. But word how it. are you just sets it up for fine or good where this will then open it up for more conversation? It stands Barry and I have both worked in radio. 
uh, one of the things that will end or or put a a, a quick break to anything is leaving a one word answer open. How are you? Good. Um, you know, are you going to this? Yes. Have you have you thought about that? No. So like, you can't leave those one 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 word answer questions. You can't leave those out there by by saying catch me up. There's no one word that finishes that sentence. In any conversation, somebody's going to be better at, at conversing than the other one, right? In any normal conversation between two human beings. Now, if you feel like you are a conversationalist, this is what you do, then help the other person in the conversation Mm -hmm. out. Because then essentially what you're doing is helping you out. You're then helping them become a better conversationalist. Then you then get a more enjoyable conversation. We're both there. You know what I'm saying? Exactly (laughs) right. We're both there. Exactly right. So help somebody out. Now, if the conversation ends up being a little one-sided, now again, this can happen if you start talking to me. I can be a little guilty of dominating the conversation, especially once people start talking to me about what it is I do for a living because I'm very passionate about it. So before you know it, you talk to me about what I do for a living or golf. Before you know it, you're into a 20-minute conversation because I care about these things. But if the conversation is very one-sided, you can be very simply, you can just look across and say, well, yes, and. Meaning, expand on that point for me. Oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about this. The best way to be in a really good conversation, this is going to sound really crazy, but the best way to be in a really good conversation is to listen. Yeah, much like much like, um, like the point I made with interviewing, so many times you'll hear people who will have their five questions and they're ready to go no matter what the no matter what the person interview you know being interviewed said and that's a crappy interview because you do need to listen you need to hear what they say give them that opportunity to expand on the, onto those points instead of just hey here's my bullet list of like broom, 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 broom. that's when you, that's when you're you're not having a sincere conversation you're just waiting for your chance to talk there which is by the way if you're those people it's so obvious you can see those people like we have somebody in the office and I'm not going to list their name nor their sex, but there's a person who works in this office who solely just has conversations with you so that they can end up saying what it is they wanted to say. Oh, yeah. Like I will get this a lot from somebody in this office. Hey, can I ask your advice on something? And it's they don't really want my advice. They just want to tell me the mistake they made last night and they want me to tell them why it's going to be okay in the end. If you're just waiting for your turn to talk, I don't think that that's necessarily a great conversationalist. But there's a few ways on how to help make small talk a little better. I think all those things would work actually pretty well on a date as well. Your next opportunity at a trip to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival, that's at 9 o'clock on The Stansberry Show. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Everybody that works in the office now texting me like, am I the person that just waits for my turn to talk? Are you talking about me? <laughs> no. No, we're not talking about you. No. It was Linda. It was the front desk lady. That's who we were talking about. And let's clear this up. Nicole, if I was going <laughs> to throw you under the bus, Nicole, if you were going to be thrown under the bus, I would say, it's Nicole. She sucks. And here's me running the bus over top of her. It's not you, buddy. Actually, when you talk to me, you do seem actually very interested in, in me, and I always feel pressure to tell you real stuff. So you know what? Quit, just, just quit asking me stuff. All right. 
I uh, I have sympathy for some crime victims, but not all. All right, like if a dude, like if you're sitting in your house tonight and some dude kicks your door in and like holds you and your family at gunpoint, I I have sympathy for you. That's that's terrible. That's awful. Okay. But if you get hustled because you're an idiot, then I don't. If you take twenty dollars out of your pocket, go into the subway and play three card money, lose twenty bucks, you're an idiot. What were you thinking? Right? I don't have sympathy for you. Okay. Now this isn't necessarily the same exact thing, and this might be false equivalency here, but I read this story about this woman. She's from the UK. And she had been dating this guy, and then he ended up swindling her out of like like sixty grand. Okay. That's a lot like, of money. I think it was like fifty from her and like like another like thirteen or fourteen thousand from her kid. All right, whatever. But she had met him around 2015 or whatever. And charming, of course, intelligent, obviously, because a con man has to be those things. She said he could confidently talk about anything, you know. But it was two years of dating until she figured out that he wasn't who he said he was. Apparently, he had another girlfriend. And his whole entire scheme was based around fake gold, stolen paintings, forged checks, and false identities, and this kind of things. So he told this woman, I don't have a house here because I just moved back to the country. So then he's just like staying in like these expensive resorts. Now, maybe you might buy that lie because, well, dude, if you're able to stay in this resort, obviously you have a little bit of money. You're not just homeless, right? right? Okay, so okay, or maybe, right? But then, you know, he starts sucking her into the relationship and this and that. So I guess what had happened was is that at the um, he had talked to her a lot about investing in gold, all right. But he then asked her to sell some gold coins and then offered her a twenty percent commission for her trouble, and said, "Look, I'm too my time's too valuable to spend running around doing errands like this. So you run my errands. You need extra money, and I'll pay you the twenty percent." Okay. So she did, but she says where the problem came was four months later. The U.K. voted to approve Brexit, and so then now this guy urged her to cash in half of her IRA and give him the money to invest in gold because he claimed the markets were going to collapse. Okay. If you cash out your IRA and give that money to somebody who makes you smile because the sex is good and that money then gets lost, I don't feel sorry for you. You're an idiot. You know, I, I know there's going to be plenty of people who are like, well, it sounds like my ex-wife, dude, you know, two years of a relationship and now I got to pay her all this money. But like this dude knew from the jump he was looking at a sucker, right? I mean, like it, there was it wasn't like, hey, we got into a relationship and I saw the opportunity to take advantage of you. It was I'm going to take advantage of you via this relationship. No easier target than a 50 something year old woman. Des- pretty pretty easy target. Desperate people are very easy targets. Desperate people who are in situations where it's like, I don't want to die alone. I don't want to have to, you know, I don't want to have to be alone forever. I'm never going to find love. Or, I, you know, I'm desperate for a cure for cancer. Or I'm desperate for a, a bigger penis. Or I'm desperate. It's that desperation. You get that tunnel vision on like, well, this is the one thing I want. And you ignore everything else going Agreed. around you. Doesn't matter how many red flags are getting thrown up in the air. If they're serving the need of like, 
And then that's why predatory loans are such a big thing is because it's like, I need cash today. I need it right now. Who cares about the interest rates? Who cares how much I owe in, in three months? That's a problem for future me. And it's like, no, dude, there are red flags being tossed everywhere. And that's exactly what this was. This woman was so afraid of dying alone, so afraid of not having love that she was just allowing this to happen. And, and, and you're right. It is hard to find sympathy when it's like, dude, you're willingly being a victim here. No red flag goes off when somebody tells you to cash in half of your IRA and give it to them. Somebody tells me to invest in gold. I'm like, yeah, dude, that to me, why do you want my money? If you already have this gold and it's worth more than money, why do you want my money? Yeah, that's true. I mean, dude, if it's such a good thing, Glenn Beck, then then, then why are you letting me in on it? (laughs) Why are you giving me money for Then why are you letting me in on it? Yeah, I mean, I th- there's truth in that. It's always it's like the thing with three a.m. Like that guy that's going to teach you how to make a million dollars buying houses with a dollar down. Right, the dollar down, it's you'll like, be fine, dude. If that was my dad used to say this to me all the time because I was like twelve and I was like, Dad, why don't we do that? And he's like, Dan, if that worked, do you think the guy would tell you why or how long do you think you could be involved in something before you knew this woman is stealing? This woman is doing something to me where it's. It, I mean, like you think you could go two months, well, three months? I want to be like quick, right? Um, but I think it depends on what the scam is. I think if your scam is to scam me out of money, I think I'm sharp and I pick up on that pretty quick. Right. But if your scam is just, I just date guys and I don't care how I treat them and I sleep around on them and I do that, you could probably scam me with that for a while. I could, I I could find out, you know, you're a, you're a horrible scumbag of a, of a person. It might take me a while to find that out. Quit laughing. (laughs) Took you a good couple years, didn't it though? Yeah, that one hurt. (laughs) 10 years, by the way, 10. It took me a full 10 how many trips back and forth everywhere with that goddamn awful <laughs> who, by the way, had the balls the other night to call and ask me for a favor that chick did. You believe that? She called me the other She texted me. She's like, are you awake? And like an idiot, I was like, well, my penis is. <laughs> right? So I texted her back and I was like, yes. She's like, oh my God, I have this favor and you got to help me. No. And no, I was like, no. And I said to her even, we were, this is now on the phone. And I said, I said, you have the balls? You now, you ran around. Dude, I'm not even going to tell. Like, you, but you slept with, but you didn't then. And then you left and then hooked up with. And, and now you're going to call me? And then you know what she tells me? She goes, well, I got to go pick up this thing for my friend. I said, okay, well, why do I got to go? She goes, well, it's near you. And I was like, okay, well, what's near me? Let's, let's, let's figure this out. She goes, Bowerston. Where's I was that? like, Daniel, where the hell is Bowerston? I've never heard of that. So I look it up on Google Maps. And I was like, Danielle, that's 48 <laughs> minutes from me. She goes, so I guess I'm picking you up then, right? And I was like, no, no. So I guess tune in tomorrow to hear about how awful my day was when this chick I haven't been able to figure out how to say no to for 15 years swindles me to go pick up air conditioners for one of her friends. I guess that's how I'm going to spend Wednesday. God damn it, Fantone. Yeah, you know what? Swindle me for 52 grand. Take the money. I'd rather take the just take the money. That would be shorter. Why do you got to ruin multiple decades of my life? More Stansberry Show and a trip up to Vegas. Out to Vegas, I should say. That's up for grabs next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. About to send you out to Las Vegas here momentarily. One of our, uh, one of our dedicated listeners, Danielle, was, uh, was driving down the street and just saw a state trooper litter out his window. I don't okay. understand littering. I don't get it. I, I really, I, I don't understand a grown person littering. 
How long are you going to be in that car before you find a garbage can to throw something out? And, like, I understand the mentality of, like, well, if I do it, it's not going to be that big of a deal. What's one cigarette butt? What's one wrapper? What's one anything? There's millions of people, though. But, like, take a second and look around and look at all that litter that, like, is in the streets of Canton. And the reason it is is because everybody has that mentality of, like, eh, whatever, dude. It's just one straw wrapper. It doesn't matter. It's just, yeah. dude, it's just one. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't get the littering. I don't get it. Don't you want where you live to look good? It's, dude, it's trashy. Like, and I'm not trying to make a pun on it there. I mean, it is trashy behavior. Like, if you are a person that litters and does it on a regular basis, I totally think less of you. You know I when do. you're a kid and, like, you like you rat your parents out for doing stuff? Yeah. Like, I remember my dad and I were driving down the road, and he was eating an apple. And he rolled the window down, and he threw the core out on the road. And I, like, run him the riot Ooh. act. I was like, five. Dad, I'm telling mom. Right? Like, I did that whole thing because mom's the boss, you know? And uh, and like I was like I was reading them the riot act about how it's not all right to litter on the side of the road. I was like all on my soapbox at five years old, and he like then he tried to explain to me the biodegradable yep, thing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Ah, oh, dude, it'll just it's fine. It's fine, biodegradable. You're allowed to throw this out of there. And I thought about that my entire life, and now I still think it's okay to do that. And it's like it, it's not. At least there's some level of of like, eh, well, dude, it's gonna it's gonna just decompose eventually. But no, dude, you shouldn't be throwing trash out the window no. of your vehicle that's that's especially fair. if you're a state trooper especially if you're a state trooper quick side note on state troopers dude isn't the whole state trooper thing is you're out on the freeways working the freeways i've seen so many stadies just like pulling people over on tusk i, I, I my, my i don't know okay but my guess is is that with less and less cities having the money to fund police forces the way they need to be my guess is that this is the state stepping in and going we'll help you yeah i just saw that i, mean, I don't know that i'm guessing it was earlier this week and i think it was on tusk and the state he had somebody pulled over and i'm like oh what what happened dude, here so like i play golf all the time in orville and dalton i like out there all the time right and dude that's all you see well i saw a dalton police officer for the first time in like a year the other day and i was like oh my god i didn't even think you guys existed anymore if you're a township if you're a if you're a smaller city i guess i see it but, but i was, can't can't Okay. I was just like, this dude, where, where's you know, where where where's this happening? Here? My guess is that it's probably financially related, right. and the state's like, hey, we're gonna we'll step in, we'll help you here. Right. All right. So um, as uh, as you start to get a little older, one of the things guys will worry about is erectile dysfunction. Now, I've heard doctors say plenty of times that like seventy percent of erectile dysfunction is mental. It's something crazy like that. Like the numbers astronomical, right? But there are some physical components to it. There are things you can do to help prevent yourself from falling victim and prey to the erectile dysfunction. They say eating blackberry jam on your toast. Dark what? fruits like blackberries, bilberries, and elderberries contain high levels of anthocyanins. I hope I'm saying that right. Anthocyanins, an ultra-powerful antioxidant that could act as erection insurance. All right. Well, dude, I know you like blueberries, and I—I I mean, that's I'm a, a dark, big fan. That's a dark berry right I'm, there. I'm so. a huge blueberry fan. Your right. penis's ability to rise and shine depends in part on the availability of nitric oxide, a blood vessel dilating chemical. When too many free radicals are present in your bloodstream, the nitric oxide goes down, and so does your penis. Enter the anthocyanins. 
those potent antioxidants attack free radicals before they have the chance to lower nitric oxide levels. So then, therefore, if I'm reading this correctly, you put the berry in you, the berry attacks that thing, penis then works fine. I think just like everything else, dude, diet plays such a huge part of who of how healthy you are. So I'm not surprised to know that your penis is, is, is connected to the, you know. I, I've admitted it many, many times. Part of the reason I got back in the gym, I realized I was like, dude, you're getting older. Like you're getting older, right. you're not going to be the one guy that skirts this. And what do they say that they? And I read this. This is really what shook me. And I'm not here yet, but a 45 year old man who works out routinely and eats right, still you are not like you're essentially then saving yourself about 10 years of your sexual life. You're not going all the way back to like when you were when no. you're 18, but you're moving it back to where you were in like 35-ish. You're putting 30th. off you're putting off the inevitable. Yeah, I mean exactly the, fur- right. the further of a bridge you can build there the better. I was like, "Okay, I uh I I am I am down to uh I I want to make sure this doesn't happen." Here's another thing. And another reason one of the reasons why I quit was part of it. Quit the cigarettes. If you're worried about erectile dysfunction, give up the cigarettes. They say you've probably accepted your increased risk of heart disease if you still smoke. Stroke, lung cancer, bladder cancer, all part of that. But how about dying young and being impotent? A study published in the Journal of Urology found that smoking causes arterial damage in that doubles a man's risk of total erectile dysfunction. Doubles it. Yikes, bro. Yikes. Good news, if you quit in their 50s or earlier, which I did you can usually reverse the damage. It's been almost, well, January will be six years since I've smoked a cigarette. But they say if you quit before you're 50, then you can reverse that damage that smoking will do. Even if your D is still working and you're smoking, you know you're performing considerably worse. Like, there's just no doubt about it, dude. Well, the out of breath when you're on top of somebody. <laughs> right, right. That's about the most unattractive thing in the world. So that's a two-for-one punch. Quit smoking. They say snoring can sabotage the night of sex as well just because it's difficult to engage on foreplay if you're both sleeping in separate rooms, obviously. Uh, But they say all of your tissue needs oxygen to be healthy, and the penile tissue is especially sensitive. When you snore, you're depriving your tissue of that oxygen. I got these nose things that I put in my nose every night, these silicone like wideners. It stretches your nose out, right? It's like it's kind of like an, uh, one of those breathe right strips, but it works from the inside. And, dude, I swear by them. If you snore and your wife's on your case about it all the time, dude, uh, I, I can't remember what they're called. I'll look it up, but I swear to you, it has worked over the past year for me. Where'd as, you get them? Uh, Amazon. And, like, I, I feel better when I wake up in the morning because I'm sleeping better because I'm oh, not, yeah. like, I'm getting more oxygen. So I swear by those things, dude. Well, what do they say? Like, though, some of those sleep disorders are, like, having little mini heart attacks all night long sleep apnea yeah, yeah sleep when you're apnea. just you know gasping and stuff there so no i swear by those things yeah that's uh you know that's a little crazy so you know if you're snoring there that's uh, that could be part of the problem eat a dark chocolate bar it's erection medicine dark chocolate contains i can't i'm not even gonna bother epit cathet Titans. Okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> Flavonoids. I know how to say that one. Flavonoids that trigger the release of dilating chemicals in the inner or endothelial layer of the arteries. How much should you uh, eat? A University of California at San Francisco study shows that those who ate 1.6 ounce dark chocolate bar each day increased their blood vessel dilation by more than 10%. Wow. Now, I'm always demonizing sugar. I'm always demonizing sugar. But if you were going to eat now one and a half ounces of chocolate's not very much. Like you're barely going to be able. To, you're like if I gave you that as a snack, you'd be like, "Where's the rest of that chocolate bar?" That's not a lot. A lot. That's the problem is that people yeah. hear that and they're like, "All right, well, dude, I can eat all the chocolate I right. want." Mm, okay. 
Right, but a little bit of that would be good. But I would tell you, and this is to be true, this is true, is that if your diet is filled with sugar and it's filled with carbs, it's going to negatively affect your penile health. That a healthier diet, dude, I've said it a thousand times, garbage in, garbage out. Welcome to the human body. Also, those two things work together. Like, you ever notice this? You'll find people who are really intelligent, who read books, who then mock people who are physically fit. Like, idiot, those two things work together. You want a strong body for a strong mind and vice versa. I am being told this going back a little, uh, a few minutes on the program. According to the audience, a state trooper can pull over anyone in the state anytime. Anyone, anywhere, no restrictions. According to, well, that's what I'm being told via uh, social media, via Facebook from the audience. Again, I have not looked into that myself, but that's what I've been told. And, I mean, it seems that way, right? I mean, because they don't have counties or anything written on right, the cars. Right, right. I mean, what, there's no jurisdiction. It's the whole state. It's, it's Yeah, it's a state trooper. So my guess is they are 100% right. Your opportunity to head to Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival? Yeah, that's right now. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Melissa really enjoying the erectile dysfunction conversation. Uh, she said, man, that's cracking me up. I'm walking through the store laughing my ass off. Thanks, guys, for that. Well, I we appreciate you listening. Thanks. Yeah. Hopefully your boner works better, Melissa. Well, I would imagine it's not her boner. I would imagine it's probably you know the the uh, the ere- let's go let's go with erection. Okay. The, the, <laughs> the 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 the, the, the uh, I, I would assume it's the erection of her better half there. I mean, there's a guy in her profile photo, so I would have to imagine it's his erection she's worried about. And if you're in the store, Melissa, get that dark chocolate. Get them blueberries in there. What the hell are you thinking about? Dude, I'm getting some dark chocolate today. If you don't think I'm getting dark chocolate today, you're out of your mind. I'm definitely doing that. Is that what you're calling the woman who took your blood? <laughs> Is that what you're doing? Well, she's a little light chocolate there. That was, she was more caramel, that one. I have not forgot about her, by the way. I know. Courtney. Still remember her name a week later. That was last Wednesday, that was, by the way, when I gave blood out at Wake of Mitsubishi. Yeah, man, that chick was something else. All right, you know, let's move forward. I, uh, Fantone and I disagree on something. Uh, it's not everything, um, but it's it, but it's enough of a list of things that that can make the conversations interesting. At least we hope. Um, but one of the things that we disagree on thus far, and I would say that you're more confident in the fact, you're more confident in your side than I am in mine. Okay. So I don't necessarily. It's not like I'm sitting here going, "No, Fantone's 100% wrong on this." Because if it comes out, I could see it. This is the Trump using the N-word tape, right? Omarosa claims it's there. Now, a couple of days ago, she claimed she had never heard him use it. Now, it claims, well, we have audio. And it's like, well, if you never use it, then how's there audio of it? And so, like, that's pretty, you know, tricky, right? And so, like, then now, Trump tweeting about Omarosa yesterday called her, you know, a low life, a dog. And again, the name calling with the president is just strange with me. I don't understand it. Especially, like, I understand, well, the president's a fighter and he's going to fight back and he's going to do this, but there's something to be said about not punching down. There's a difference between calling somebody who is a threat to our national security, like a like the Taliban, like calling them like evil and having to root that evil out. That's name calling, but appropriately. Calling an individual, name calling individuals is where you kind of lose me. Yeah, it, it, it just feels, it feels unpresidential, it does. It does, right? 
Now, a lot of what he does feels that way. And like I've told people, waking up tomorrow and expecting the president to be presidential is not going to happen. That's You're just going to make yourself more mad. We've crossed that bridge already. That but ship has sailed. You believe there's tapes of him out there using the N-word. I do not. I might Now, again, I am less confident in my stance. I am not saying, just for the record, that there is no way whatsoever that that tape exists. That's not what I'm saying. Okay, I think we've seen enough out of this guy to where if I found out that tape exists, I can't be like, well, no, that's where he draw the line, right? Not going to say that. My theory is, is that if we were dropping bombs of tapes like grab them by the vagina, I don't think for a guy who's been hunted as heavily as the president's been hunted, that the tape would have been, would still be under wraps right now. Do you feel like non-disclosure agreements and then tape that might just be physical hard copies of like B-roll of The Apprentice where it never would have gone even to the editing bay where it's like, all right, maybe Mark Burnett still has those? Because that's 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 where I see it. I mean, if 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 this was stuff that had, had gone on the internet, yeah, you're probably right that like somewhere someone would have got it. But those hard tapes exist. A producer back in the day didn't know what he had. You didn't know the I, guy was going to be president? Well, dude, he was still the head of The Apprentice on NBC. He was still Donald Trump. You were still cashing your check from him, though. So it's like, dude, we can't bring this thing down. I can't, dude, this is, this is where I make my money. I can't bring this thing down. That's your best argument. That's the best argument I've heard. I, yeah, okay, all right, devil's advocate it. Okay. But The Apprentice has been over for a little while now. The, the, the producer still doesn't know what he had. Sign the non-disclosure. I no longer have physical copies of the tape. Those are all property of NBC and Mark Burnett Productions. When people were releasing the grab them by the vagina tapes, were there not people saying, look, I'll pay whatever the non-disclosure, whatever the lawsuit is, give us the tapes and we'll pay it? I don't have access to those tapes anymore. Anymore? I didn't yeah. take them from the office? I don't okay. have them. All right. I'm just trying to, I just want to examine it. All right. Because like I said, I'm not so staunch in the camp of there's no way he said it. Let's. I, I want to be clear about what I'm saying. That that my feeling, and, and I could just be making this way too simple, is that my feeling was if the tape was out, we would have heard it by now. But that's, of course, not 100% sound. You can't just be like, well, yeah, that makes that's barroom intelligence, what I'm always saying. It doesn't mean it's fact. It's just how I feel about it. Now, another guy that happened to be on The Apprentice, and I want to point this out to you because I've had run-ins with this person. Run-in sounds negative. I've had conversations with this person. Okay. This guy has children enrolled in the school where my sister-in-law and my mother both work. I've told you before, my sister-in-law works at the private school in Las Vegas. If you have money, this is where your kids go. I'm not going to give you the name of the school now that I'm telling you that. But my sister-in-law is the provost of said school, and Penn Jillette sends his kids to school there. Um, Evander Holyfield has his kids there. People who own casinos send their kids there. If you have money in Las Vegas, this is where you send your kids. I have talked to Penn Jillette in the picking up the kids line and like at basketball games and like fundraisers for said school. I've said hello. We've had conversations back and forth. He and my brother, my brother's a super opinionated person, a little bit more private than I am, not on social media, but he's definitely as opinionated as I am, has had long form conversations with Penn Jillette. Now, I'm telling you all that to set this up to tell you this, that Penn Jillette is not what uh, what the what the Internet would like to call a libtard, which, by the way, if we're going to say this, that retard is not acceptable, then libtard is probably not acceptable, people, just so you know. I, I would say most of the people who are saying libtard probably are like, we'll call them retards, too. 
I would say that's one and the well, same. Okay. Though. All right. Well, okay. Stop I, being so PC. I would never. I would have never fought for the right to call somebody who has mental retardation a retard. I, I did fight for a while. Of I don't know why I can't look at my friend and call him retarded. Okay, but I get it's insensitive. We've moved forward. I have taken the the word out of my dialogue, especially on the air. I have. I'm probably a little guilty in my private life still, but. Again, I'm just going to say that if the if one word's offensive, then adding the other word's going to eventually then go through that. All right, but Pendulette is not that person. Just so you know, he's not ultra liberal like that. He's not. As a matter of fact, he'll tell you that he feels like he has been, uh, you know, outcast in certain situations because he holds a little bit of a conservative ideal. Right? I've had a couple of small conversations with Pendulette. He's a pretty reasonable dude. Now, he's come out and said, now, you remember, he was on The Apprentice. He's heard Donald Trump say racially insensitive things on the set of Celebrity Apprentice. And he guesses those were caught on tape. Now, he was on the show back in 2012. He believes Celebrity Apprentice producer Mark Burnett would have captured outtakes of Trump, then a star of the reality TV series. He would say racially insensitive things that made me uncomfortable, Gillette said of Trump. I don't think he ever said anything in that room like African-Americans are inferior or anything about rape or grabbing women. But of those two hours every other day in a room with him, every 10 minutes was fingernails on a chalkboard, meaning he just said something that was like, oh, Gillette said Trump would ask male cast members if he'd rather have sex with this woman or that woman, for example. All right. I guess this is one of those things about me that's not great, right? Because I would probably do that. I think men do that. Uh, the, the amount of times I sit on a tee box at a golf course and two dudes are talking about who they'd rather have sex with, I mean, it's daily. I, I don't have a problem with that. Now, you start talking about presidents and this and that, fine, but he wasn't the president then. You want to start talking about, well, if you're that kind of person, should we make you president? Okay, that's a, that's a valid argument. That's not necessarily... I have a less of a problem with that than I do with anything racial. Well, and I, I think there's... You guys are two guys on a tee box. That's fine. I think once you get into like a point of authority, whether it's president, you know, boss, whatever, that's when you're at least introducing like, well, Again, is that a problem? Has a pretty decent track record of hiring women and putting women in positions of power in his companies. Has a pretty good track record of it. So I, I, there are people who make the argument that, yes, you can be chauvinistic in your, in your language, but then not so much in your hiring practices and how you interact with those women in which you hire. And I do believe that. I believe that there is room for both of those things to be true. But I don't deny or I don't have a hard time believing at all that every 10 minutes with a guy who tweets while being president things that are this, I I don't want to say offensive, but this enraging for some people that when he wasn't that, and he was just like a, a you know what I mean, a, a real estate mogul and just a guy who had a, like people wanted to be, I could see, yeah, absolutely, every 10 minutes, something coming out of his mouth that wasn't great. I wish I, wish I would have seen a little bit more. I, 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 I wish I would have seen out of Pendulette here. Give me a, a more of an example of racially insensitive. You've said he said racially insensitive things, and now the examples you're giving me are the sexist, chauvinistic things. I wanted a little bit more meat on the bone here. Now, I'm not calling Pendulette a liar. Because, again, I'm not shocked to find out anything on anyone, let alone our current president. Gillette, <clears throat> Gillette went on to say if he hadn't, if, 
if Trump had not become president, he'd be gabbing away of what he heard on the reality TV star. Um, the stakes are high now, and I'm an unreliable narrator. I'm a storyteller, and storytellers by nature are liars. So I don't know why you're question you're putting question into yourself right there, but I guess him saying. I don't feel comfortable putting myself in this situation because I don't remember exactly what happened. Then why are you saying remember. anything? Because I'm sure, I'm sure every celebrity that was on The Apprentice is going to be asked this right now. It has, yeah. They have to. I'm sure. That's who everybody's tracking down, right? Yeah. I, uh, I've met the man. He's normally pretty reasonable. I don't always agree with him. A lot of times on some of his shows, I find him to be an idiot. But he's at least reasonable in the conversations I've had with him personally. It's going to be interesting. How long? All right, so you, so you and I disagree. You think the tape is there. Somebody has the tape. Somebody's ready with the tape. How soon until I get the tape? I don't know if they're ready with it, but I think it happens relatively soon by the end of the year. I mean, and I know that sounds like, well, dude, it's the middle of August, like, but within the next couple of months, I, I guess it's probably fair to say, but who knows, dude? I mean, honestly, this is, like I said, this has been, been talked about since Tom Arnold brought it up during the election, and, like, nothing's happened yet, so... It's been two years. I'm being told Penn has described himself as a libertarian. Yeah, that's what he said to me when I talked to him. Again, that's not necessarily full. That's a libertarian is not what the, like the right would consider to be a libtard, though. No, not at all. That's that's, that's the exact. That's the opposite of what no. a libtard would be. Again, this is where people keep getting confused. These words have been conflated and just get thrown around. First of all, let's clear this up. Liberal and Democrat mean separate things. Liberal is the extreme far left side of the Democratic Party. Much think liberal is essentially, this is going to sound terrible, but it's essentially, they're Westboro Baptist. That's what they are. It's the far end of the Democratic Party is what liberal actually means. Those are two, liberal and Democrat are separate things. They've been conflated because all we want to do is throw insults at one another. And so then we've made the insults easier. But I don't, knowing what Penn's view, but what Penn Gillette's views are on certain things, you couldn't, my point was, is you can't call him a libtard. My point was, is I don't think he's just out trying to sink Trump just to sink Trump. I don't think that's what he was. That if he's saying something, that maybe we should listen to what he might have to say. Now, I don't like the fact that what Fantone just pointed out, he throws questions into his own credibility, and he doesn't give me examples when he's willing to give me the examples of the chauvinistic stuff. That part, I will take issue with. That's all I was trying to say, is that I knew when I said Pendulette, people were going to go, Hollywood libtard, and that's not what Pendulette is. More Sansbury Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Sansbury Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Teresa is going to get you hooked up with another trip out to Vegas. That will happen 11 a.m. this morning. She'll give you your next keyword of the day. I can't wait to get home. I want to. Uh, I want to go home and watch uh, Hard Knocks again from last night because I missed like the first ten minutes of it, uh, and I'm interested. I need those first ten minutes of Hard Knocks. I, uh, I'm sure that's where. I'm sure that's when they addressed the big pink elephant in the room, where my big, thick, tall, stud wide receiver is. You know, that guy everybody told me, oh, Stansbury, you're making too big of a deal out of it. He's going to be fine. It's a planned exit. Duh, they're taking care of his mental health. Duh. Where is he? Don't answer and tell me, he's in Florida. I know where he is. When's he going to be in Berea? 
I heard he's in a 30-day program right now. It's a 30-day outpatient program. Last time it was NFL imposed, it was a 90-day inpatient. I heard he's in a 30-day outpatient right now, put there by himself and still being tested by the league. Yeah, that's what I heard. Still tested by the league? Because the rumor I heard. I heard is that why he went is because the league doesn't test you when you're in facilities. And the Browns were like, dude, get the hell out of here until so you don't pop an actual test. Is now that's the rumor I heard. Now again, just a rumor. I have no idea if that's true. Let me just get that out there. Okay. Where did you hear that? Uh, now, one see, of these, one, my one of these is, brown sites. I'm not on you about whether or not the information's credible. I'm on the organization. Where is that coming from John Dorsey? Where is that coming from my head coach? Guys, they are bumbling this. And they have bumbled it from the beginning. And the only reason why I keep harping on it, it's not about Josh Gordon at all. Anybody's replaceable. They're all replaceable. The reason why I keep harping on it is because I'm told the culture is going to be different. They're changing it. They're changing it. They're changing it. Meanwhile, they're handling serious issues with their organization the same way they always have, like a bunch of half-ass rookies. I, dude, I was a Hugh apologist for years, and I got to tell you, those, those Hard Knocks cameras, dude, are doing him no favors, bro. None. He's got zero control in any of the rooms. The coaches don't respect him. The players are out there second-guessing the way he's doling out off days, and yet... I'm the weird one for thinking it's going to be 4 and 12, not 10 and 6. I'm the crazy one. I guess. I believe in Tyrod Taylor. I believe in Jarvis Landry. I believe in John Dorsey. Those are three huge upgrades from what you had on the field last year or within the organization. I know Dorsey doesn't play. So I'm going to take it and I'm happy about it. But if you think I'm going to watch them slap a new coat of paint on this goddamn thing and then pretend that the building doesn't have holes in the side, you're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. Nice paint job, John. Fix the holes in the side of the building, though, bro. Again, if this were Odell Beckham, hey, when are we getting Odell Beckham Jr. back? Now, the reason why I keep going to Odell is Browns fans told me he was better than Odell the entire time we had him. Better than Odell. Better than Odell. It's better than Antonio Bryant. He's better than all those guys. If any one of those guys wasn't in camp, the number one question every day, when's he back in camp? And yet none of the sports media asking this question. I keep getting fans sending me Instagram stories of Josh Gordon with a wolf head, putting the, the helmet over the wolf head. Alpha. No... No return date on those posts, though. And I thought, oh, wait, I thought it was the media attention that was the, 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 that was going to cause him all the problems. No, 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 all this media attention is going to be hard for his mental health. But his own Instagram's not going to be? He's not afraid of attention. He's not. He's the dude who caught a touchdown and put on sunglasses. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not afraid of attention. He's not. It's, it's insane. It's insane. No other organization. Hey, Lakers, where's LeBron? When's he coming back? You'd get an answer, especially if it was, no, 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 we plan for LeBron to be away for a week, and then he's going to come back, and he'll be fine. That's what they would tell you, because that is buttoned up, and they would know. The truth of the matter is, the Browns have zero clue on what's happening, and therefore, they're not talking about it at all, because they don't have the balls to look into the camera and tell you, we have zero clue what's happening. Week one on Hard Knocks, it's he texted us and it's close. Week two on Hard Knocks, it's shh, we haven't heard a thing. Shh, don't even mention his name. Got it.
Got it. Ugh, dude, you guys better pray I end up not being right on this. You better pray I'm not right. I won't talk about anything for a week other than that if I'm right on this. Good. Teres- I don't want to blame a show anyway. Good. You better hope I'm not right. You better pray I'm not right on Josh Gordon. Opportunity to head out to Las Vegas for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. That's at 11 a.m. with Teresa. Aside from that, we're done. Podcast shortly up after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. You guys have a great day. See you.